You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And welcome into the Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. I'm Grant McCauley. He's Jake Mastriani, and we come to you after a good start to a road trip for the Braves and a last at bat in Milwaukee we thought may never come to a close, but it did. And by virtue of that, we get to do a Braves postcast. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta right here on YouTube, and make sure you subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast. But Jake, we got a 6-4 Atlanta victory to talk about, and all of a sudden, after stumbling out of the gate in this second half, losing a series to the White Sox, dropping a series to the Arizona Diamondbacks, the Braves found a little bit of something to close out their week on the homestand and found something quite nice to open up this series against Milwaukee. They did, and they found Austin Riley as well as he continues yeah. to heat up in this one, which I know we'll get into. But uh, really good going a road win against a good team who's been hot here lately, and they're leading the NL Central. So really good team there. Braves able to come out and win the first game of the series. Yeah, and as I've said so many times, and maybe we'll just have to make it a trend again because it worked so well last year. You can win ugly. You can't lose pretty. And the Braves, I don't think this was the worst-looking win of the year. I'll put it that no. way. But it was a little bit of a nail-biter toward the end, and he kind of wondered, just based on how the first week of the second half had gone, how was this going to trend ultimately as the Braves were trying to hold on to a lead against a team with a very good bullpen, and as Jake mentioned, has been hot of late. But inside the box score and the line score of this one, we find that the Braves were 6-4 winners. Atlanta back to 30 games over 563 63-33. Six runs, six hits, no errors, and four men left aboard. Brewers dropped to 54-44. and 44. Four runs, six hits, no errors, and four men left aboard. Michael Soroka picks up the win. He's 2-1 and one on the year now. Freddie Peralta got hammered early by the Braves' offense, which, you know, once again, Austin Riley was right smack in the middle of that, but it was the former Brewer, Orlando Arcia, that struck the first of the two big blows with home runs against Peralta as he takes a loss, drops to 6-8, and eight, and Kirby Yates. Yeah, we're going to talk about that save. We're going to talk about that ninth inning and that final at bat as well with Blake Perkins because that thing, I think, ultimately, man, because you're on the right side of it, ended up being a thing of beauty. But that was his second save of the year. Two hours, 32 minutes, it lasted. The final 32 minutes was the final at bat, and 37698 paid to see it. Jake, let's start with Michael Soroka because, uh, you know, we needed to see some things out of him with Max Fried still on the mend on the rehab assignment. Kyle Wright going to be quite a ways away, and the Braves are trying to get this rotation to kind of help out this bullpen, which has been a bit beleaguered and, and certainly bit by the injury bug. Six innings for him, got hit hard early, made a mistake late to give up a home run. Overall, though, I do feel like, and I know these line scores don't necessarily say, hey, Soroka's turning the corner, but I do feel like there is some progress to be found inside of each one of the appearances he's made since coming back from Gwinnett. There certainly seems to be some progress in this one for me. You really look at it, it's the first two batters of the game and the first two batters of the sixth inning. He made a couple mm -hmm. of mistakes right over the heart of the plate and got absolutely crushed. But in between that, I really thought he was on cruise control. He did have some base runners here and there, but you know nothing really too stressful in those middle innings. So I thought this was a huge step forward for Soroka. You can still see it's just a consistency in his pitches. Sometimes he has that slider really biting, and sometimes it hangs on a little bit on him. Same thing with that sinker. Sometimes he's able to get it to dive down and in on righties. Sometimes it's staying up and over the middle of the plate too much. So, again, we say it all the time. We're going to say it for the rest of this year. This guy hasn't pitched at a major league level in two and a half years. It's going to take him some time, not to mention you know that. He also had to change his mechanics up. So mm -hmm. 
understandable that maybe he still is struggling to find the consistency on some of his pitches. But I said the first, first time we saw him back in Oakland, I said the stuff's still there. The movement's still there on the pitches. Yep. He still has it all there to be a good pitcher. It's just being able to have consistency with that command. And you saw a couple times tonight where he let – a couple of fastballs over the middle of the plate, left a slider over the middle of the plate to Contreras, got hit really hard. But again, I still thought this is a another step in the right direction for him. You look at it, 85.3 mile per hour average exit velocity against not a lot of hard hit balls against him overall in this one. 11 swings and misses for somebody who doesn't normally, you know, is not going to rack up a lot of swings and misses, more so is looking for that weak contact. So, yeah. yes, I thought this was a step in the right direction once again for Michael Soroga, who just continues to look more comfortable each time out. Yeah, and a lot of ground balls in this game. I thought that was a good thing to see. He did pick up four strikeouts, just two walks. He allowed the six hits. Again, early damage and then late damage in that sixth inning. And he had to kind of wonder with the way that Milwaukee's bullpen had been pitching, you know, if the Braves stacking up that lead, it was 6-2 to two heading into the bottom of the sixth inning before a two-run homer by Willie Adamas made it a little bit closer than you'd like it to be. You kind of had to wonder what the Braves were going to be able to do late. And our old friend Bryce Wilson, he's looked pretty good for Milwaukee this year, and he looked good against his old club on this night. But Soroka, I felt like, did enough. The Braves' bullpen took care of the rest, as you had Ben Heller and Joe Jimenez setting up for Kirby Yates. And again, we'll get into that you know, that ninth inning, that finale uh, of an at-bat, especially in a moment. But uh, you have to kind of look at what the Braves' offense was doing, particularly early on against the guy in Freddie Peralta, who can be pretty tough. Atlanta was able to, with the help of a former Brewer, Orlando Arcia, jump out and grab a lead with a go-ahead two-run homer for him his 10th of the year. Marcelo Zuna got the Braves on the board with a sack fly. And then, of course, Austin Riley had to be in the middle of everything, Jake. Four consecutive games with a home run. His 21st of the year was a two-run shot. It came in the third inning, and it put the Braves on top by a 5-2 to two score. It's, it's hard to say, you know, what exactly it is. It's clicked for Austin Riley. He said it's just relaxing at the plate. But whatever it is, he's looking awfully good and locked in. And the results certainly speak for themselves. Love the home run to fastball uh, middle away, and he just drops the head on it, takes it out the other way, uh, showing off that tremendous power that we all know he has, and then uh, getting hit later and scoring as well. So, uh, again, just he continues to show what he can do in the middle of that order. He's got his OPS back up over 800 now, batting 270. I mean, everything is right there for him, and it looks like maybe he's going to get on one of those Really good hot streaks like we saw last July. Would love to see that continue the way that he he hit last July the rest of this month. So really good stuff from Austin Riley. You mentioned Orlando Arcia getting that big two-run homer. You know, Soroka gives up back-to-back doubles to start the game. You're down 2 nothing, and then this Braves offense, as it has accustomed of doing, they come right back and score three in the top of that second inning, give the lead right back maybe allow Soroka to kind of settle down a little bit. As I mentioned, he was really good over those middle innings, and the Braves just continued to pound early. Didn't score in the first inning, but scored three in the second and two in the third. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get some runs early against that starting pitching for the Brewers because, as you mentioned, that bullpen, I don't even think we saw their best arms tonight. It's yeah. a really good one for the Brewers. Yeah, that's a scary thing to think about because, obviously, they're going to try to use some of those guys as weapons over the next couple of games. And as we talked about on the postcast yesterday, Braves and Brewers are going to get to know each other very well over the next seven days because when they're done here, the Braves head to Boston, the Brewers will handle some business. Then these two teams meet again at Truist Park next weekend. So there's going to be a lot of Braves and Brewers matchups. So we might get to know that bullpen a little bit better than we want to. But either way, the Braves offense did what it needed to do to get to Freddie Peralta early on. Austin Riley is 21st home run of the year. I mentioned four consecutive games with a home run for him. He is now on pace, Jake, for 35 homers and 98 runs batted in. And just, what, a week or 10 days ago, 
we were wondering what the you know the down year for Austin Riley was ultimately going to look out, but or look like. But I think that we were on the lookout for the Austin Riley hot streak that seemed like it was still out there somewhere, and it would appear that he's found it at a very important time for his club. Matt Olson, Sean Murphy, both one for three, each scored a run in this one. Marcelo Zuna, 0 for three, but he knocked in a couple of runs. He was hustling on what could have been an inning-ending double play, which helped the Braves tack on another run a little bit later. So two RBI for him on the day in addition to the sack fly, and a rare 0 for five for Ronald Acuna Jr. I don't think we've done too many shows this year where we've talked about that and or the Braves building up an early lead and Ronald having nothing to do with it. And four hard hit balls in the game. Couldn't quite find that launch angle in this one. Almost got a ball out. Maybe the best swing against Bryce Wilson in this game. He almost took one out the other way. So still had some good swings in here. Like I said, some hard contact. Just wasn't able to find a hole on this night. Yeah. Well, let's chat a little bit about the Braves bullpen because there were no holes there. It got a little bit interesting in the ninth inning, but you had Ben Heller come in for Soroka in the seventh inning, tossed a scoreless frame. Joe Jimenez, I thought, looked very good in the eighth inning. And it's important to get Joe Jimenez going, particularly with the injuries that the Braves have had in their bullpen. He has been on a pretty good run in his last 15 or 16 appearances now of having, I believe a sub 150 ERA picking up the strikeouts, the velocities there. He has looked much better of late. And then of course, Kirby Yates got the save opportunity with Rysel Iglesias. I think they wanted to stay away from him because you know, he was quite busy in the finale against the Arizona club. Uh, But Yates was able to get two quick outs, looked extremely good, then back-to-back walks. And then we had the encounter with Blake Perkins that ended up going, what, 11 pitches, seven consecutive foul balls before finally a batter timeout. And Kirby Yates decided, you know what? I've thrown fastballs. I've thrown splitters. I'm going to throw a slider here. And it would just bent right around the corner of the plate and met up with Sean Murphy's glove for a called third strike to end this game. That truly was, I thought, an ingenious call, whether it was Murphy's idea or Kirby's idea or just a group effort. That was the right pitch at the right time because Perkins did not see it coming. You know they had to have a good laugh about that one afterwards. I know I certainly did sitting here watching. You knew his fastball splitter, Perkins fouling off all these pitches, and then all of a sudden out of nowhere, he comes with a perfectly placed backdoor slider. Like I said, Mm -hmm. people always say you can throw that pitch every time than you would, but right there it was perfectly executed to get the strikeout. Otherwise, we may still be sitting here watching Perkins foul off fastballs and splitters and he threw some really good splitters there to Perkins in that at bat that he fouled off there so again a good good idea there again whoever it was great job by the bullpen six strikeouts in the last three innings we've been talking about coming to the trade deadline getting some more dominant type you know strikeout guys for the back end of the bullpen well these guys they got it done Heller Jimenez and Yates Yates struck out the side he did have those two walks in there where he just kind of lost control of that splitter for a moment, but uh, these guys, six strikeouts, last three innings, putting up a goose egg to hold on for the win. Yeah, I thought it was good work from the bullpen, and Michael Soroka giving you, it wasn't a quality start, but it was a good enough start to get you to where it was manageable for the bullpen, and I think as much as anything, especially over the next 10 days as we figure out leading up to the trade deadline, can you keep it into a manageable level for this bullpen, which again is down four of its most important arms, and Iglesias has had, you know, he's shown some signs of being a little more human this year than he was a year ago. Will he be able to kind of right the ship and get on a good run as well? And what kind of reinforcements could be walking through the door in the next week and a half? We're going to find all of that out together. But looking at the National League East standings, because I think it's important to note, the Phillies lost to Cleveland. The Marlins dropped their seventh consecutive game, so they are in quite a tailspin as they lost to the Colorado Rockies. That means Atlanta now has an 11-and-a-half game lead in the National League East. And, Jake, I know that the Braves are not going to spend a ton of time scoreboard watching. They're just trying to go out and win series. But as they 
have struggled in the second half, and you would think, well, here comes who's going to make a run at them, even though the Phillies have been a little bit hot uh, here in the second half. The Marlins certainly have not, and the Braves have managed to tack on two games to their NLE's lead since the All-Star break, despite losing back-to-back series. Yeah, it's a good good place for the Braves to be in right now. The only thing you hope is that you know they don't start scoreboard scoreboard watching it complacent, start playing some bad baseball. But either way, again, like you said, maybe with this little rough stretch the Braves have been in, you've still been able to gain ground in the division. So it's a good spot for the Braves to be in right now. Uh, again, like I said, you got the Phillies that have been playing better baseball as of late. The Marlins kind of struggling here, but. We'll see if either one of them gets hot and maybe pushes the Braves. They still have seven games left with the Phillies do the Braves. So mm-hmm. Phillies have maybe the best chance to kind of get back in it if they can win several of those games, but pretty much got to win all of them. I mean, the Braves would have to fall pretty flat on their faces here in order uh, to drop the division with where it's at right now. Yeah, I think at this point, I mean, I saw somebody tweeting out, you know, if the Braves play 500 ball the rest of the way, mm-hmm. whoever's chasing them is going to have to play basically 650 or 660 baseball the rest of the time this season and while it's possible you can't rule it out i mean for the braves the answer is very simple let the the other teams play their games and do their things obviously the head-to-head matchups are important just keep winning series and you'll keep taking days off the calendar and you know there is no more time ultimately it becomes a math equation and that's very much what the braves want to make it as they move forward meanwhile we're going to talk about game two of the series which comes your way on saturday but before we do i want to let you know about one of our great sponsors this episode of the braves postcast is brought to you by ebay motors who reminds you a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit, and it's the same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only, and of course, exclusions apply. So Jake, Braves and Brewers will meet on Saturday at 7.15 p.m. Eastern time, first pitch. Alan Winans is going to be getting the call up from AAA Gwinnett. Uh, That's been reported and confirmed and double confirmed and Long story short, MLB debut for a kid that, you know, was a Rule 5 pick, and the Braves had kind of had him in the organization mostly as depth, but as different guys have been ineffective, have gotten injured, opportunity knocks for kind of a minor league journeyman to get his chance as he will square off with the Brewers and Adrian Hauser. Will be interesting to see what Winans can do. He's had a very good year for the Stripers. He has. 27-year-old, former 17th-round pick by the Mets. He's done everything he can possibly do at the AAA level this year to to show that he deserves this opportunity. So I'm happy for him to get it. A 281 ERA, a 1.00 whip, 89 strikeouts, 102 and two-thirds innings. And he's just been consistent every time out there. It's at six, seven innings, five innings. He's been really consistent all year long for Gwinnett. Hopefully that translates over to the big league level and hopefully he has a good outing. Braves can try to win this series. Yeah, and you know, for guys who come up from the minor leagues, you look at maybe the opportunity that the other club doesn't really know what you do. So if he has been effective, been missing bats, and been throwing well at AAA, hey, man, don't change anything. Just try to do it at the big league level and see if you can get these guys out as well, and we'll see if he's able to do that. I know his off-speed stuff is a big part of his arsenal. We'll see if that is going to be dancing around and helping him deal with the Brewers club that, again, as Jake mentioned, has been playing some better baseball lately. They have taken over first place in the National League Central after the Reds were such a red-hot club when we saw them a few weeks ago. They were the first place team in the Central. Now the Braves are matching up with this Brewers club, and Alan Winans will get a chance to go against them in his major league debut on Saturday at American Family Field. Adrian Hauser will be on the mound against the Braves. He's three and two with a 3.79 ERA this year. Again, 7:15 p.m. Eastern Time is the first pitch for Game Two between the Braves and the Brewers as they continue this three-game series over the course of the Hall of Fame weekend. 
That'll wrap us up here on this edition of the Braves Postcast. As always, make sure you're subscribed to Lockdown Sports Atlanta here on YouTube. Click the bell to enable the alerts. Leave us a like, a comment, tell a friend, all those good things, and make sure you're subscribed to Lockdown Braves wherever you get your podcast. For Jake Mastroianni, I'm Grant McCauley. Once again, your final score, 6-4, the Braves over the Brewers. We'll be back at you again this weekend with another edition of the Braves Postcast. And until then, so long. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 